0: In one hand, you have your income tax provision for the year prior. In the other, you have your year-end income tax return for the prior year as well. Are the two numbers the same? Different? And if different, are we talking about an acceptable little bit off or a flop sweat inducing way, way off? Moments like this are exactly what the topic of today's episode is all about, the return to provision. We're going to get deep into how and why it's necessary to correct any discrepancies between last year's provision and tax return. And to help us do that, I'd like to welcome our guest tax provision expert, cross-border solutions own Michael Kavanaugh. Michael, welcome back to the podcast.
1: Thanks, Matt. It's great to be back.
0: And it's always great to have you. Let's start here. What is the return to provision and why is it so important?
1: That's a great question, Matt. And the purpose of the return to provision, also known as the true up, is to equalize the difference between a company's tax return and the corresponding tax provision for the same period. The return to provision process is an important part of the annual tax reporting cycle and determines the accuracy of a company's tax provision calculation. So let's take an example. Let's say ABC Company calculates its tax provision and incorporates the results in its financial statements for shareholders and the Securities and Exchange Commission. Later that year, when ABC files its actual tax return, it is identical to the amounts of the tax provision. In such a case where the tax provision is in perfect sync with the tax return, then there would be no need for return to provision adjustments However, this is never the case. There are always some adjustments that must be made to eliminate differences between the tax provision and the tax return. Large differences between the provision and the return can lead to difficult questions during an audit. The goal of the tax provision is to calculate the tax expense as close as possible to the expense on the tax return when it's later filed. However, given the time constraints of calculating the provision, and the limited availability of data within that time frame, companies are required to make estimates as best they can. If a company operates in a volatile environment, this can lead to large differences between estimated and actual amounts.
0: So the return to provision also ends up getting called the return to accrual or RTA. Can you just explain how the term accrual is being used here and why the RTP is also called the RTA? I know because some of these terms are used to refer to similar but distinct items or processes.
1: That's right. The terms tax provision and tax accrual have the same meaning. It just seems that over recent years, the term tax provision has become more prevalent amongst tax and accounting professionals. The confusion stems from the term accrual basis, which is a requirement when reporting under generally accepted accounting principles, otherwise known as GAAP. Accrual basis is a method of recording accounting transactions for revenue when earned and expenses when incurred. So our book amounts are recorded on an accrual basis but the word's also a verb, so we say the tax provision is accrued when recorded on the books. It's just a turn of phrase and the terms are used interchangeably.
0: So accrued tax expense and tax provision are used interchangeably because we're accruing the amount to the financial statement. We've got that. To continue on the theme of potential areas of confusion, let's talk about timeline. When is the RTA calculated in relation to the prior year's provision and return? And how about the following year's provision?
1: That's a great question, Matt. And this is sort of a recurring theme of confusion for people because the process is so spread out. So let's put it on a timeline. Um, The timing of the provision calculation, the filing of the corresponding tax return, and then the true up between the two is spread over a long period of time. And the process starts to overlap in the subsequent reporting period. This drawn out process, which runs into the next period, is a source of confusion for those who are not tax professionals. To understand the return to provision calculation, it's helpful to put it on a timeline. Let's say that ABC Corp's fiscal year end is twelve thirty-one two 2020 Because it's a publicly traded company, it is required to complete its tax provision and book the results in its financial statements for release to the Securities and Exchange Commission by March 1st, 2021. However, the tax return is not due to be filed until October 15th, 2021. This means that there are over seven months between the time the provision is calculated and the time the tax return is filed. So so again, think of it, it, it this is a really long span of of time when your your fiscal year end is 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 your calendar year end twelve thirty one two thousand and twenty, and then you 're into the next year on the next day in two thousand and twenty one and by March first you need to file your provision results in your financial statements, but then you know seven months later in October you're actually filing your tax return. So again, your your tax provision is your preliminary tax return, which is so far outlined seven months later that that's why people kind of get mixed up because when you're doing your true up, you're doing it in the subsequent year. So let's make this a little more solid for you. Let's say in the case of the ABC Corp after the 2020 tax return is filed in October 2021, the company will go back and compare The 2020 provision to the tax return that was filed. Remember that there was more than seven months between the time that the tax provision was calculated using estimated amounts versus the time the tax return was filed with finalized data. ABC is going to place the provision and the tax return side by side and compare each line item individually. This comparison will shake out any difference between the estimates used in the provision against the actual amounts filed on the return. The differences will be classified between permanent and temporary items. Both the permanent and temporary true-up items will be tax affected, and that means they'll, they'll, be, uh, they'll be multiplied by the federal tax rate, and then they are run through the 2021 current provision calculation as single line item adjustments, which either increases or decreases ABC's current tax expense. Additionally, the temporary true-up line items will also be run through the deferred roll forward schedule in the returns provision column as well. So it's, it's important to note when the true-up exercise is completed, the results will be incorporated into the 2021 provision calculation, which isn't really intuitive because you're doing the true-up from two thousand and twenty, but you 're playing catch up in the subsequent reporting period, so it 's a continuum of data that 's rolling forward, and you're always the, the true up is really always a catch up from the prior year that goes that that integrates into the current year and, and that 's kind of a tricky concept for people to understand. Under normal circumstances, the true-up amounts are deemed to be immaterial. This is the best-case scenario when they're not that big um, and and they can just roll up into the current provision in the subsequent period. However, if the true-up amounts were deemed to be material, then a company would be forced to restate their 2020 financial statements, which is the worst-case scenario. If you remember, in a prior podcast, we talked about tax adjustments and how they're divided into permanent and temporary items. It's important to continue to make these distinctions in the TRUE-UP as well. The temporary items need to be sorted out individually so that can be run through the deferred roll-forward schedule, which impacts the deferred provision. Additionally, by breaking out the permanent and temporary items, it facilitates the review of the provision and allows tax professionals to improve upon the estimated amounts and how they'll be used in future provision calculations.
0: A global pandemic, a grim economic forecast, feeling the squeeze, an R&D tax credit can help lower your burn. If you qualify, the IRS and some state governments will give you a tax credit equal to 10% of your company's spend on development activities. You can even take the credit against payroll taxes if you're in the red. All you have to do is claim it why should you have to spend your whole RD tax credit on getting your RD tax credit? It's your money. Keep more of it with Cross Border Solutions, the global leader in AI driven tax solutions. Request a demo today? Visit xbs.ai slash RD. That's xbs.ai slash RD. Definitely seems to be a Mobius strip-type quality to the provision process, if you will. No wonder it intimidates so many people, but we're here to help, and we thank you for your help so far, Michael. Uh, I'm just going to do a quick recap of that timeline because, of course, this can be a little hard to follow. We know by now that the provision is calculated right after the close of the year. January, companies scramble to close their books and get the trial balance to their tax professionals so they can begin calculating the provision. They take their best guesses, adjusting book numbers to accord with tax rules, adding deferred assets and liabilities, what we learned about in episode five, which includes depreciating assets. We're factoring in tax credits as well, like the R&D credit and the foreign tax credit. They also take a look at last year's provision and tax return and determine if any adjustments need to be made. And these adjustments are recorded as the return to provision. About six months later, they calculate their tax return. And a few months after that, they all start all over again. So Michael, Let's say we look at last year's provision and tax return, and we see some differences. Can you give us an example of a hypothetical difference and why it may have shown up on our RTA?
1: Yes, of course. So let's assume the following facts. In January 2021, when ABC Company calculates Its tax provision for its fiscal year ending December 31st, 2020. Let's say, and this is just a few numbers just to make it easy, but let's say there's $100,000 of pre-tax book income and $10,000 of estimated lobbying expenses that is 100% disallowed, and the tax rate is 21%. Based upon the above facts, the company is not entitled to any lobbying expense. A permanent adjustment of $10,000 is added back to the pre-tax book income, to arrive at a taxable income of $110,000. At a 21% tax rate, the company would book a federal tax provision expense in the amount of $23,100 in January 2021. So let's fast forward to October 2021. Eight months later, ABC Company just filed its tax return with the following amounts. $109,000 of pre-tax book income, $8,400 of lobbying expenses, which is 100% disallowed, and $1,200 of fines and penalties, which is also 100% disallowed. And we also still have a tax rate of 21%. So the fact pattern is a little bit different. And before we had $100,000 in our provision. Now when we file our tax returns, it's actually $109,000 and our add-backs, was $10,000 um, in the provision, but here it's 9,600, not, not too big of a difference, and the tax rate still remains at 21%. Based upon the tax return facts, ABC will add back $8,400 for lobbying expense, $1,200 for fines and penalties, for a total of $118,600 of federal taxable income. At a rate of 21%, the federal tax liability It's $24,906. Remember back in January, ABC Corp. booked a federal tax provision in the amount of $23,100 based upon the information that was available at that point in time. However, after filing their income tax return, ABC ascertains that the provision expense they booked was understated by about $1,800. This represents over 7% of the overall provision expense which is pretty significant because the numbers are small. But when you get into percentages, that determines the level of materiality. And we throw around the term material and immaterial a lot, um, but understand that the level of materiality is based, is something that is determined in in concert with your auditors. And it, it represents a percentage of, say, your balance sheet assets. So if you have a trillion dollars of assets, if you're off $100,000, it's a minuscule amount. But here we have pretty small amounts and 7% actually is pretty big. It would probably tip over into a materiality issue.
0: Let's go down that rabbit hole. A company does make a huge error like that. And the difference between their provision and return is in the millions. What happens then?
1: Again, a huge error in accounting speak, we say material misstatement. (laughs) <laughs> and when a, when a company makes a material misstatement, that means it's required to restate their financial statements. And this is, again, uh, we alluded to it earlier, is a worst case scenario and usually it has the impact of reducing a company's stock price, which is always a bad result. Nobody wants their stock price to go down or their market value. And the reason this is, is because the company would be forced to reissue corrected financial statements to the SEC and the public in general. And this, and this shakes people's confidence. It shakes the trust of the market and investors. And if that should ever happen, um, and it's pretty rare, but should, in the case where it does happen, top executives are likely to be fired. And even the company may seek um, to engage new auditors, Because they could point a figure at their auditors and say, look, you know, you should have um, vetted, we pay you to evaluate our financial statements. You you should have caught this. Um, Then, you know, there's a lot of finger pointing and it can become the blame game.
0: Of course. No wonder the provision process includes so many adjustments. The RTA involves adjustments. There are N1 adjustments. Uh, There are also things to be reconciled, as we learned in episode six, which was all about rate reconciliation. Why does the provision process involve so much adjusting and reconciling?
1: The reason is, is that because we're dealing with two reporting standards. Corporate America is required to record all of their transactions. Everything that goes into their financial statements is reported according to generally accepted accounting principles. They need to adhere to that for financial reporting purposes. But then when the time comes after their fiscal year is over, they kind of have to switch gears and put all of the numbers from their financial statements onto a tax return. And then you're switching reporting standards. You're moving from GAAP or financial statement purposes into the realm of tax reporting. And tax reporting is ruled by the Internal Revenue Code, which has a different way of reporting your income and expense. So you need to, and that's the whole trick of the tax provision is converting, is making that leap from generally accepted accounting principles to income tax reporting. And all all of a sudden you you need to make all of these adjustments and that's where the permanent differences and the temporary differences come where you need to make adjustments to those items from book and convert them into tax which which will give you a different income number than your book income is different than your taxable income and that's in a nutshell that's the whole trick of doing your tax provision
0: Wait, wait who am i kidding sign up for a free demo of cross-border solutions transfer pricing technology today at xbs.ai slash tp that's xbs.ai slash tp Welcome back, everyone. We want to thank Michael for being with us today for another very informative conversation on the intricacies of the income tax provision. We want to thank everyone at home for joining us. Don't forget to check out the entire suite of Tax Solutions podcasts on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This podcast was hosted by Matthew DeMello. Andrew O'Donnell is our audio producer. Stephen Markow is our associate producer and writes our scripts. We'll catch everyone next time.